This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Tom Brady made some news today in an interview he did with Colin Cowherd. We've got that audio. We'll play some of it for you coming up at 325. Uh, Most notably, when is he going to start calling games for Fox? I think his answer is going to surprise you. Really, really shocked me. And then also he was asked, is there any chance he'll come back to play this season? Said a lot of words without saying no. So we will uh, listen to that and discuss it. That's coming up here on Grant and Danny. Beltway Blitz at 4. We're giving away Fallout Boy tickets at that time, one hour from right now. But let's go to the BetQL guest hotline. Bet smarter to beat the books. Download the BetQL app today. Visit BetQL.com. One of the guys we really like talking about the NFL draft with is the editor over at the Draft Wire, Luke Easterling who's with us right now on GND Post Senior Bowl. Luke, uh, I appreciate the time to kick off Super Bowl week with us. I guess let's just start with the Senior Bowl this year. A little bit watered down in terms of some of the game day attention because of the quarterback position, but of some of the players that were there and played this weekend, who helped themselves the most? Yeah, not not a not a huge uh, bill in terms of the the quarterbacks, right? No, no Carson Wentz or Jalen Hurts or Dak Prescott like we've seen in the past. Um, had some guys like Will Levis and Stetson Bennett who could have played, who decided not to. But but yeah, it was still a great week in terms of guys going into to Mobile and ma- maximizing the opportunity, right? You get a week of NFL coaching. You obviously get pretty much every decision maker in the league, you know, descending upon the same city to watch you guys play. And, and especially for small school guys, right, you, you get a chance to prove, you know, hey, I can't, you know, I'm not just dominant against, you know, lower level competition. I can hang with guys from Alabama and Georgia and Ohio State and, the, and those sorts of programs. So it's a great week for that. Guys that really stood out to me, Ty J. Spears, the running back from Tulane, I think is everybody's popular pick for the week he had, not just because of how he performed, but he actually weighed in a, a good bit bigger than we thought he would be. He was listed about 5'9", 195. He came in at 204, which is a huge difference for a running back and still looked as explosive as he did on film at Tulane at 195 pounds. So I think that was huge for him. Looked great as a receiver and a route runner out of the backfield and also as a running back. Uh, Keon White is a defensive guy from uh, Georgia Tech. Kind of a, a tweener, hybrid, you know, defensive end, interior defensive guy, but just a ridiculous athlete, versatile guy for his size, 6'4", 6'5", 280-plus, and so really could play anywhere on any defensive front in pretty much any scheme. He had a great week. Uh, and I expect him to be in the first-round conversation now. Uh, Keanu Benton from Wisconsin is another D-lineman that had a good week. Julius Brents, a corner from Kansas State, six foot three, really long arms, physical uh, DB, and, and those guys with that size and that length are always going to go high in that draft. I thought he had a great week as well. 
Normally, this wouldn't be something we'd, we'd ask off the top here, Luke, but it, it affects Washington, and here's where I'm going with this. Interior offensive lineman rankings, kind of post-senior bowl. There's one name that I kind of had circled with my rudimentary analysis of the one game that I remember him being a standout in, but I want to get your take on this. Who might be available for that Washington spot, maybe 16 to 20 or 25 or so if they trade down? Yeah, so interior, it's a good thing if you're, if you're looking for interior guys in the first round because usually the best guys at that position don't go super high, right? It's really rare that we see somebody like a Quentin Nelson who came out of Notre Dame, obviously, a handful of years ago. He was a, you know, a top six. I think he went number six overall. That's really rare for those interior guys to go that high. Um, so if you're sitting at 16 and you're hoping, hey, I, I want to get the best interior guy, you're probably going to get him. And this year, for that guy for me is, is Osiris Torrance from Florida, um, he would probably be the first interior guy off the board. And, and 16 might feel a little early in theory. And I know that you know Washington's got some history of being willing to move up or back wherever they want to go to get their guy. Um, but he's a guy that I think could come in right away at either guard spot, start right away. Um, I think if they want to go that route, there's a lot of good value to be had on day two. Um, Cody Mock from uh, North Dakota State played at tackle at North Dakota State. but He could slide inside at the next level, which is what he did at the Senior Bowl. Another great thing about the Senior Bowl is they do that a lot. They want to move players around and, and see them in different positions that maybe they didn't play in college either because they had to or what have you. But it gives them a, 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 the ability to see these guys in, in uncomfortable situations, see how versatile they can be, and say, hey, we'd really like you to, to see you at guard because we need a guard and see how they play there. He did that at the Senior Bowl. Cody Mock did and, and, and played really well. So I actually really like this class of interior offensive linemen, both in terms of guards and centers. If that's something Washington is looking for, I think they'll get great depth in this class and great value no matter where they grab one. Luke Easterling breaking down the NFL draft with us on Grant and Danny from the Draft Wire. So let's kind of walk this path then. Let's say they, they go with what you're talking about and they get value and they feel like they can find a guard and a center in the, the second and the third or something like that. And they want to make a splash pick in the first round. Maybe that's someone who can play corner. Maybe that's another safety or or someone to help them out on the defensive line if they decide to let Deron Payne walk. Like, what's going to play in the middle of the first round from the cornerback position, and then also as the draft might unfold, like what might work where they're on the clock? Yeah, corner is is the spot to watch. I think, and and part of it is because of where they are in that order, right? And who else is around them? Because I, I love this corner class. I think we could easily see as many as six, maybe more corners go in the first round, which is obviously ridiculous. Not sure if any of them actually go in the top ten. We could see no corners in the top ten until maybe ten. If you get around the uh, the Philly range, there at the the tenth pick, they had the pick they have from New Orleans. Um, but we will see a run on them in that 10 to 20 range, right? Because you've got so many teams in there. Um, you've got Pittsburgh, you've got Washington, you've got Tampa Bay at 19, you've got Detroit uh, who could be looking for a slot corner or an outside guy. You've got so many teams in that range. I think New England could be in there as well. Um, so many teams in that range are going to be looking for corners. And so at 16, I feel like, you know, that Washington's got to be excited about a guy enough to move ahead of some of those teams if they want to. But personally, I like the depth so much in this class that I don't care if it's you know Joey Porter Jr. from Penn State, which is a name obviously NFL fans will recognize, uh, Christian Gonzalez from Oregon, Cam Smith from South Carolina. If they don't mind a smaller guy, I really like Clark Phillips III from Utah. Um, Devin Witherspoon is, is from Illinois is probably the best corner in this draft. He's the guy that I could see getting up into the top 10 range, maybe sneaking into that top 10. Um, but 16, I think, is a really great spot in this class in particular to be able to get a, a immediate starter, starting caliber corner 
and, and it could be any number of those guys. Again, this is a corner class where you could really stack those top five guys in any order, and I'd be comfortable with it. Luke Easterling, the draft wire with us here on Grant and Danny. Uh, you may have already mentioned the position group here, Luke, but what's, where's the best value in this draft in, in terms of you know least variance between the guy that's number one and maybe the guy that's number four, five, or six in his position group? You know, again, I think the, the top of the corner class feels a lot like that. The first five or six guys are, are pretty tight. Um, I'd say the same about the edge defender class. And you're talking those, those defensive ends in a 4-3 or outside linebackers in a 3-4. After Will Anderson, I think obviously Will Anderson from Alabama is the, is the top guy. And similar for the interior defensive linemen, too. You could say the same thing. Jalen Carter is clearly number one out of Georgia. But the rest of that class, at that, that next tier at the position, Again, you could stack those guys you know, from 2 to 7 to 10 in any order, and it would really make sense. And honestly, I think teams are going to – this might be the case every year from here on out, but I think the value at running back could be really great in this draft. I think there's, uh, again, some, some studs at the top. Bijan Robinson from Texas is, is in his own class. Jameer Gibbs from Alabama I think is, again, a unique guy in terms of how he would line up at the next level, and I think he's kind of in a tier by himself. But the rest of those running backs, there are so many – guys that I think have different skill sets. So depending on what you want from that position in your offense, there are going to be starting caliber players. I mean, we see it in the NFL all the time. We see what Isaiah Pacheco is doing in Kansas City right now as a late-round pick. There are going to be guys like that available into the fifth, sixth, seventh round again this year because there's just so many good, talented, productive backs in this class. And teams are going to look at that and say, you know, why would I take the third or fourth best guy in the second round when I can wait until the fourth or fifth round and get a, a similar guy uh, for a much later pick, I think you're going to see that in this class because it's so deep. Luke Easterling, NFL draft coverage, Grant and Danny here on The Fan. Where would Kenny Pickett, who went in the first round last year, was the only quarterback who did, slot into this year's crop with Bryce Young, Will Levis, C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, Hendon Hooker, whoever else you'd throw in there? Like, Where would Pickett have, have been ranked this year? So, so this year, the, the, the tiers for me, I think Bryce Young is number one, and I think C.J. Stroud is right behind him. I think they're in that top tier together uh, with Bryce being number one. The next tier would be Richardson and Levis for me. I think I would take Richardson first. I'm, I'm a bit more comfortable with his ceiling. If I'm going to have to deal with some question marks and some flaws, I think he's got more upside, honestly, than, than Will Levis and honestly had more progression and development throughout the season than we saw from Levis, which was kind of disappointing for him. That's where I think after those four, you'd start to think about Kenny Pickett if he was in this class. Because after that, it's, I mean, you got Hendon Hooker from, from Tennessee who had a phenomenal season up until the ACL injury. But he's going to be a 25-year-old rookie, and he's going to be coming back from the ACL, so that's kind of tough for him. you got Tanner McKee from Stanford who's got some interesting traits, but the production just really wasn't there, wasn't impressive. You know, Then you're talking about Jake Hayner from Fresno State who's a smaller guy, and you're getting into that later round. So I feel like Kenny Pickett would be in the conversation to be that fifth guy off the board. And I don't know that he'd be a first round pick, to be honest. I just think that that's insightful to kind of see how big the the discrepancy is from a year ago to this year to to circle back in though, on this year's QBs and Will Levis specifically, we've had a few guests on now talking quarterbacks in the draft. Uh, We've had guys that are really high on him. I'd say it sounds like you're a little bit lower on him. Why so much of a variance on Will Levis who really did struggle from a production standpoint this year? You know, I think it's, it's it's a similar story with certain quarterback prospects every year, right? You have the difference between what you see on film in its totality and between that and what you can see in terms of traits. You can see like, oh, you know, I know it didn't look that great 
on film, but he's got this type of arm or this type of athleticism. I like his competitiveness. There are traits like that with Will Levis that are definitely attractive. And what you'll have is certain NFL teams will convince themselves, hey, you know, I can't teach the arm strength. I can't teach the athleticism. can't teach you how to be a a competitive player and and want to go out there and compete. I can can teach you, you know, the finer points of technique and mechanics and, and accuracy and anticipation. I can teach you some of those other traits. So that's why you'll see some teams and some analysts or whatever hire on a guy like Levis because they want to bank on that upside. It just depends on how, again, you know, you have media people are their own kind of front office in, in each of our ways that we do this. But also within the league, you have 32 different ways of looking at all of these players, 32 different, you know, schemes and rosters and how do they fit. So that, that's why you see such a variance sometimes is just because, you know, different traits are going to be valued different ways, different things that these guys bring to the table, the interviews that they happen behind the scenes and how they work the whiteboard. There's so many variables really at every position, but particularly at quarterback because it's so important. It's so complex. That's why the, the variation exists, I think. Once guys are in shorts and T-shirts starting to work out here, whether it's draft, whether it's combine, individual workouts, et cetera, who's someone that you feel like could start rising up boards? I tell you what, the guy that sticks out to me is Tyree Wilson. He's an edge rusher from Texas Tech, uh, and I think he's the type of guy who can go to, uh, to, to Indy and really impress people with his combination of size and athleticism and length and versatility, what he can do. I mean, he's 6'5", plus, 270-plus and can just move for can move in ways that guys like that 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 are that big just shouldn't shouldn't be able to do and why guys like me stopped playing quarterback one year into college. <laughs> um so you know it's just you know that is a guy who I look at him and, and see the the boxes checked. He's gonna be that athleticism, you know, guy who's gonna rise up the board again. Uh, right now I have him going fifth overall to Seattle. I think that's that's high as he could go. Uh, because he's the type of athlete, and, and I do think he'd be just a great fit for that, that defense and what they like at the position. But Tyree Wilson is a name to keep an eye on going into the combine. Luke, I, I hate to throw you under the the bus if you didn't like him or, or do uh, here in D.C. It really doesn't matter either way to me. I, I don't remember, though. Were you a Sam Howell guy coming out or not? He, he might be the starter here this coming year. People feel pretty good about him. And, and can you just give us what you remember from your reporting and, and all your studying last year, a take on what he might become here with the Commanders? I mean, if, if anybody goes back and looks at my Twitter from the past uh, season, you'll find multiple tweets uh, calling Sam Howell the best quarterback on the roster all year long. Uh, so oh, wow. Really? A dubious honor, was, but thank you. <laughs> so you were, you yeah, were in on yeah. playing him way sooner because people now wish they would have. I, I would have played him week one. Uh, again, I, I, I mean, I also wouldn't have traded for Carson Wentz either, but that's neither here nor there. So <laughs> That line it, wraps it, around know, the block. I'm sure it does. I'm sure it does. I'm not alone in that. But no, I, I, I really thought going back to Sam Howell's first game of last uh, of his last season, he came into that offseason with so much hype. I mean, every mock draft, my own included, it was him and Spencer Rattler, right? One and two in so many of those mock drafts. And obviously those are kind of silly at that point for a reason because nobody really knows anything. But to, 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 for him to struggle as bad as he did in that Virginia Tech game, I feel like so many people just wrote him off. And we're like, oh, okay, it's just another disappointing bust. That's not going to be it. And I feel like people stopped paying attention to him the rest of that season because Howell obviously didn't have the year he wanted, but he was never as bad as, as that first game. And I thought he, he did a great job throughout the rest of that year, bouncing back, playing consistent football and, and improving and, and showing mental toughness as much as physical to, to overcome that start. And I thought he played really, really well and didn't get enough credit. So the, the fact that he went in the fifth round, I, I just thought was, was kind of criminal. And then to see – 
really going into a situation that I thought would be great for him to, to be able to win a starting job, didn't seem to get the opportunity. And again, nothing against those other guys. I just felt like talent wise. And when you have a young quarterback on that rookie contract, especially a fifth round when it's super cheap, I, I thought he should be, I thought he should be the guy. I think he should be the guy now. Luke, awesome with us, buddy. Really appreciate the time, man. Be well. Hey, you too, guys. Take care. Thanks. Excellent. As always, love having Luke Easterling on to talk NFL draft. And it sounds like Danny, we found ourselves a Sam Howell fan in his analytical work. Indeed. Again, I, it, I thought your question actually about Kenny Pickett is so instructive, right? This is the challenge that that organizations and, and uh, general managers, scouts, and everybody else has every year, right? Among the available class, is it worth moving mountains for this guy, or is he just the best of this group? Kenny Pickett was the best of a bad group last year. I put best in quotation marks. The guy that I liked the best was Sam Howe, but I wouldn't have liked him enough to pick him in the first round. Maybe not round two. Once you get past that point, three, four, five, now it's just worth throwing something at the wall when you're looking for the quarterback spot. But yeah, so you wonder how he would rank this year compared to the Strouds and and um, you know the Bryce Youngs of the world and Levis Richardson and some guys with upside as well. But it's it's instructive to think about, man. It is. Uh, you you look back at last year and you wish that they would have just taken an entirely different approach. And I know that as the year went on. Fans were really happy that they didn't because they were competitive and they went on a winning streak and they were going to make the playoffs and they had a chance to maybe go win a playoff game if they got to face Minnesota or a team they matched up well with possibly. But now sitting here where this year's a wash, this is always the case. This is always the the point I try to make and it it just feels like a futile exercise Mm -hmm. because people don't want to hear it. But now that last year is over and we're closing the book on 2022 officially with the Super Bowl this week, they would be so much better off if they would have done what Luke was talking about, Yeah, which is maybe it wasn't in week one, but in week five or in week six or whenever Wentz went down and Heineke came in initially, they would have just gone to Sam Howell right then because you would have had this entire year to let him work through struggles and work around issues and to fail and then succeed and then fail again and then succeed again. And he would, that invaluable experience going into this year as your starter, you would know, okay, here are strengths, here are weaknesses, here are things we need to coach him up on. Here are areas where we need to go add personnel to help him because this is a flaw. This is a wart of his. All that intel that they don't have now. And and maybe it's just an unrealistic thing to even look back and wish that they would have done. But the pushing all their chips in, for a season that ended up blowing up in their face anyway, cost them dearly with what they could have had and how moving forward if they would have just said, let's wear it this season. If Ron knew all along he wasn't getting fired, if they didn't make the playoffs, or that this staff could come back with a change here or there, he should have just done that. He should have in week two called a meeting together and said, you know what, guys, if this thing with Carson Wentz doesn't go better and doesn't start looking the way I wanted to in three, four, five weeks from now, at that point when they were 1-1 one and one and could have been 0-2, we're going to Sam Howell and we're going to just prioritize 2023. But they never had that come-to-Jesus conversation. And they never do. And, and they never do here. And, and that's such that, a killer. That's the part that I want to harp on here for a second. I want to Bryce Harper on. Do Not doing it every time is understandable. Sometimes you go, you know what, this is worth it. Let's go all in. I mean, think again of the... Of the the Washington Capitals that won the Stanley Cup. Coming off their bitter disappointment the year before, yet again, in the postseason, I, I was an advocate, based on what Brian McCullen had said, based on the history, I said, you got to blow this thing up. 
It was a good try. Start again. They didn't took one more crack at it. Of course, they broke through, won the Stanley Cup. Thank goodness they didn't listen to me. My point is, if you never, ever do it, you never prioritize the future over the present, then you get this. Then you get this endless cycle of cashing in all your chips to see if you can eke out that eighth victory, get a tiebreaker, and be the seventh seed, cannon fodder for the real good teams. That's that's what they're majoring in. That's the desire. And I've, I just won't play that game anymore. The only way it's okay to be mediocre is if it's a direct pit stop on your way to greatness. See the Eagles come of Philadelphia for what that looks like. They wore it for a year, were mediocre for a year, and now are excellent. Where's that? They don't take the next step because they can never look past the six inches in front of their face. you got to eke out that one more win. Every regime here has always done exactly that. All the faults, the clown shoe that was Bruce Allen, the buffoonery that was Vinny Serrato, all of that stuff. The underlying premise, the underlying fault in every approach that they've ever had, it's always been that phenomenon right there that you just described. They can never go, we understand this year ain't the year. We're not winning a championship this year. Let's build it so that we can, even if it means you lose a little bit. Even if you're, my, my point always with them is you're already losing. You already got it covered. Lose one more time. Instead of going 7-9, to nine, go 6-10. and 10. It's actually better. That's the disconnect, though, I think, and that's where people are just not going to see eye to eye is uh, there are a lot of people who will say that being 8-8-1 eight, eight, and one is better than being 5-12. and 12. And to that I say, no, it's not. And that's just where I disagree with those mm-hmm. people. Would you rather be 4-13 and 13 or 8-8-1? Eight, eight, and one? I'd rather be 4-13 and 13 as we sit right here right now with the top five pick every time. If you vote 8-8-1, eight, eight, and one, this is what you get. Enjoy it. It's yours. Having fun? You bought it. Grant and Danny on the fan. Got some audio for you next. Tom Brady breaking news on when he's going to start calling games for Fox. And Sean Payton laying the law down in his introductory press conference. Right off the bat, sending a message to Russell Wilson. We've got that for you in a moment on G&D. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
G&D, welcome back. Thanks for listening to The Fan. LeBron scored 27 points in 40 minutes in New Orleans on Saturday, which means he needs 36 points to pass Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for the most points in NBA history now. They play tomorrow night. They're off this evening, so the Thunder are in L.A. to take on the Lakers. 36 is now striking distance to the point where if you're hell-bent on getting it, you'll get it. Especially for him. That's what I'm saying. He'll go get a couple buckets early, get to the foul line. If I need 36, I couldn't get it. But for him, (laughs) we are within range now where if it's really important to him that he gets it in front of whoever's there uh, on Tuesday night, tomorrow night, he'll get it. There is a chance, though. I mean, it would set up for even better TV, maybe. The Bucks, Giannis, one of the great stars in the NBA, Milwaukee, L.A., on Thursday night if he wants to draw this thing out a couple more days. It'd be kind of neat, right? But mentally exhausting. I, I guess game flow is going to dictate some of this. Like if the game one way or the other is out of reach and you can just focus on getting your buckets, you probably do it. But if you're playing within the flow of the offense and someone else is getting off and it's their night, I don't know, maybe you, you buy some time and, and you settle in at 28, 30 points if that's the way the game's going. But. Yeah, it's not as if the Oklahoma City Thunder are defensive stalwarts. They play a pretty good pace. LeBron will get up and down, have some open court. I, I think uh, I, I think smart money's on LeBron passing that record tomorrow night. All right, so let's break out the audio vault here. A couple of clips I want to play for people. Starting with Tom Brady on Colin Cowherd's show today. Cowherd kicking off uh, his Radio Row festivities, I guess, with Tom Brady. A couple of things in this lengthy interview that drew my attention. The first was when Brady talked about going to Fox to call games. Remember, he's got a 10-year deal, $375 million to be their number one analyst. He will be to Fox's what Romo is at CBS calling the A games. He's going to replace Greg Olson there. We all thought they would do everything they could to get him to, to be part of the Super Bowl broadcast. Then it sounded like that wasn't going to happen. But the obvious next assumption was, well, come next football season, he's going to be in the booth with Kevin Burkhardt on the A-team. Not so fast. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady's saying to Cowherd today, he's probably going to take the year to actually study and learn and work at the craft and not just jump right into the booth. Listen to this. For me, I want to be great at what I do. And even, you know, talking even last week with the people at Fox Sports, you know, and, and the leadership there allowing me to start, you know, my Fox opportunity in, in the fall of 2024 is something that's great for me. So take some time to really learn, become great at what I want to do, become great at, um, you know, thinking about the opportunity and making sure I don't rush into anything. And I, I I think when people really bet on me, I think one thing about my career, whether I was when I was drafted by the Patriots or signing for agency with the Bucks, I wanted to be, you know, fully committed. And I, I never wanted to let people down. I think my biggest motivator was that. So, you know, even in the future, I want to be great at what I do. And that always takes some time and strategizing and, and learning and growing and evolving. And I have so many people to rely on that um, can support me in that growth, too. So it's going to be a good, great opportunity for me to take some time to really uh, certainly become at my Fox broadcasting job, which I'm really looking forward to, but also catching up on other parts of my life that uh, need some need some time and energy. So I'm not naive enough to think this is solely for him to just cram and study like a loss student or something. I'm sure that he wants to spend time with his family and he wants to vacation a little bit and he wants to sleep in and do a bunch of stuff he hasn't been able to do for a while. I get that. I also love this, though. I love it. Like I, He was one of the greatest ever because he outworked everyone, and he cared more, and he counted every pee that he ate, and he you know, never ate ice cream, and, and he didn't drink soda. I love the fact that he's going to take this seriously because a lot of people don't. You don't have to. You just you are a broadcaster because you played. 
everywhere you look, everything you watch, everything you listen to, there are former broadcasters, a former player rather, broadcasting who just are telling stories about when they played. Yeah. They don't still study it. They don't know the names of the players they're talking about or where they went to college. And it's not a quiz that you need to be able to answer every question. But the point is, they don't do their homework. If Tom Brady, who just gets to get off the field and walk right into anywhere he wants to go, is actually going to try to be great at this by investing himself and working at it, that's really cool. All in favor of it. I I love it so much. His whole mantra, his whole MO was, I'm not supposed to be here. Nothing has ever been handed to me. Even the job at Michigan, for goodness sakes. Drew Henson was supposed to be the guy. Drew Henson was the exciting one. Yankees first-round draft pick, golden boy, who started every game, and then Brady would come in after halftime and lead Michigan back. And you know the pro career is, is reminiscent of that as well. The entire time it was that way. He doesn't, he doesn't, you don't turn off the competing button, right? It's, it's harder to do when you get out of sports, but you're trying to find a way to do that, right? You're trying to find a way to say, I mean, it's easy at the end of a day, end of a game when the scoreboard says one team has more points than the other one, but he's approaches everything in his life, not everything, but when it comes to you know work and, and those sorts of things, he's approaching it like a, a competition. I'm not going to go in here and, and not be well thought of. I'm going to work at this. I heard that, and I went, that is music to my ears. He's not taking this for granted. He's going to get paid a ton of money, deservedly so, by the way. And he's like, his plan isn't just to be good, learn on the job, and have it be fun. I'm going to be awesome at it. I loved that. I loved thought it. it was great. There is a little bit of a door being opened to some theorizing, though. And what I mean by that oh. is, if you're not 100% sure that you wouldn't answer the phone, if somebody called, if you think there's just a little bit of a chance that a if a bit. quarterback goes down in week 14, you'll answer that call. Or you know, If you're not in the booth, it makes it a lot easier, as an example, not to have to take off from the Fox obligation for the rest of the season so that you can go be the quarterback of the, say, Chargers for the next three weeks going into the playoffs when they're leading the AFC West or whatever the, the hypothetical could be. Which brings us to the next worthwhile item from this interview. This is via Fox Sports 1 and Colin Cowherd. When I thought Colin asked him a really good question about whether or not there's a chance he would come back in the right situation. Are you 100% positive it's all over? You'll hear a lot of words from Brady in this answer. None of them are, I'm never going to play again. Write it down in Sharpie. I think for me, you know, I, I know in my heart uh, how I feel. And, you know, I put it out on the field for 23 years, and I'm super proud of, you know, what's been accomplished. And, um, you know, I just wanted to keep last week really short and sweet. And I felt like I've I've given a lot. I've gained a lot. Um, I've learned a lot. And, you know, life is about, you know, exciting things ahead, too. So I think when one thing closes, like football has for me for – you know, 32 years of my life. And, you know, I look forward to what's ahead. There's new chapters um, and there's new exciting things and there's new growth. There's new opportunities. And uh, I'm really excited for what's ahead. So, you know, I've loved my time at football. It's absolutely uh, an incredible love in my life. And it's hard to make decisions like that, but it's certainly the right time. Tom, um, you set two NFL records in your final year, so you can still play. You'll be able to spin that football in 10 years. I don't care if you're in a winery at a beach, you'll be able to spin it. That That's not the issue. Yeah, he goes on, I guess, to, to give more uh, of a follow-up to the question, and, and Brady on the back end maybe gives a, another answer. But, again, the question was, though, is there a 1% chance you'd come back if, if the stars align and someone called? 
And he didn't just say no. Now, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like he said yes either, okay? He obviously didn't. Mm-hmm. But what I do know is when Gronk came out of retirement to play for the Bucks, the time that he did, he had said he was retired, but his answers when asked, would you ever play again, were more like that. Last year, when everyone thought he was going to come back, remember, that was a thing early in the season, uh-huh. especially because they had tight end injuries and stuff. And Gronk just finally came out to end the speculation and said, I'm not going to play. I'm not going to do that. That really wasn't the answer that Brady gave there. No, and this is why I've I felt all along that this is just another temporary pit stop of of him relaxing and getting away from it. Then the itch will need to be scratched, and he's got a nice little buffer where he's not going to be employed by Fox until 2024. He'll probably start studying that and then kind of realize that he could start carving some teams up and maybe look to pick a spot. I, I have felt all along like he's got one more little push in him. Now, if you're a conspiracy theorist, and I'm pointing at myself here, that was your, see, see? If you're someone that's like, dude, of course he's retired. He was crying on the beach, and he's living his life, and he's going to relax a little bit. There's no there's no smoking gun there at all. But whatever you're looking for, you could find out of that one. But I'm with you. All you have to do is be like, yeah, that's it, man. I am I am not coming back, period, end of story. One of the many things that uh, Brady's legacy created at the quarterback position, you know, movement, so to speak, Brady would have his own staff around at times. This guy, Alex Guerrero, his head trainer, would be in the building and be butting heads sometimes. Remember the, the stories about how he and Belichick and some of the folks in New England would, wouldn't see eye to eye. Well, apparently Russell Wilson followed suit, and this year in Denver, I don't know if he did this in Seattle or not, had his own coaches, had his own personal people in the facility. Something I wasn't aware of, but it's not shocking because, again, when you're a superstar and you make tons of money and you're a quarterback, these things, while they seem odd, do happen. And it was kind of a Brady thing. I'm sure Aaron Rodgers, as someone who walks around and like uh, helps him brush his hair and do all kinds of weird stuff at retreats with him, uh, that, that shows up at Lambeau Field's facility every now and then, too. But listen to this exchange. Sean Payton today, just off the podium, giving his introductory presser, meeting with the media, a local out there in Denver basically says, hey, Russell Wilson's got this guy that coaches him and no one else in the building. Is that cool? And Sean Payton just shoots it down and says, uh, not in my building. He won't. Coach, uh, Russell Wilson had a personal coach, Jake Heaps, in the building with access who wasn't on the staff. Yeah, I'm not too familiar with that. Right, how do you feel about um, players having their own people off the staff in the building access to players? Yeah, that's foreign to me. That That's not going to take place here. I mean, I, I'm, I'm unfamiliar with it. But our staff will be here, our players will be here, and that'll be it. I love that so much. <laughs> that may be that may be my favorite thing I've ever heard. That's foreign to me is hilarious because that's a friendly way of like he's he's basically saying I haven't heard of that, which I don't know if that's true or not. But that's foreign to me is also a great way of saying that's really weird. Uh, that's strange that that would happen. Yeah, it's and, outside the scope of how I I see things in my world. We'll have our players and our coaches here and nobody else. I love that. I loved it. I thought it was sensational. And listen, I bet you that wouldn't be, you know, if Russell Wilson had thrown for 5,000 yards, 45 touchdowns, been an MVP candidate for a division winner, right? And they were, you know, a play away from the Super Bowl. And for some reason, Sean Payton was coming in to coach. I bet you maybe not the same issue. But because of what happened the way that it went, yeah, we ain't doing that. (laughs) Thank you very much. Four o'clock in 20 minutes, a chance for you to win tickets to go see Fallout Boy right here on Grant and Danny. You got to be listening. At five o'clock, Jay Gruden joins the show for what is always a terrific segment. Next, our double play what's going on in our lives? Nothing to do with sports.
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. We're on Twitter if you want to hit us up there, at Grant H. Paulson and at Funny Danny. That's how you can get a hold of us on social. Instagram as well, Grant H. Paulson and Humorous Danny. Super Bowl week. We will take our first dive into the matchup between the Chiefs and the Eagles coming up next hour. We got Jay Gruden on the show at 5 o'clock. Of course, we're giving away Fallout Boy tickets in 13 minutes at 4 o'clock. So I, right now, am picking the Eagles to win, just for the record. Mm -hmm. I want to go on record as saying I think I'm pretty confident they're going to win the game while I'm rooting for the Chiefs. I can just tell that there's a bit of a disconnect. You know how, like, when you're – I'm thinking about betting on the Chiefs, let's say, Uh but it's my heart, not my head, and there's a disconnect between the two, and I'm just going to put 20 bucks on the Chiefs because I I want them to win. I'd like that to happen, yeah. I do think the Eagles are better, more complete, and I'll be honest, having – I'm using air quotes here. Studied this matchup all weekend. Having read a ton about these teams and just all the coverage coming out. I don't think we talk enough about the Eagles offensive line. That's one of the best offensive lines in the last 10 years in the NFL. They're great. Peter King this morning in his FMIA column actually said this is the best offensive line this century. Now, I don't think he meant in 100 years. I think he means in the 2000s probably. Like this century, meaning start of the, the millennium. Regardless, that's 24 seasons of football. The, the worst-rated line the Eagles have, uh, alignment on that line, is seventh, according to PFF, at their position. And that's not even to speak to their great receiver tandem, their excellent tight end. Yeah, they're incredibly built. They're good running backs. Uh, the fact that their MVP quarterback had a, a signature season will probably be the runner-up for the MVP award. And their defense has a chance to get more sacks this season if they have a big Super Bowl than any team ever has over the course of any one season counting the playoffs. So it's hard for me to imagine the Eagles aren't going to win this thing. But the Chiefs are really, really good. Mahomes and Reed, you can go a long way just betting on them to do right. Yeah, Mahomes, Reed, and now Chris Jones added to the mix. Good luck, dude. One-man wrecking crew. you got to dominate that game. I'm with you. I, I think the Eagles, frankly, win by nearly double digits. I think they're just so good, and it's infuriating. I basically come to terms with the fact that I got my championships in 18 and 19. We're now wandering the desert in darkness. I don't have the venom I did before those. 
championships because I got them. We got parades. I got the sports joy. Come see me in 10, 11, 12 years if we're still here. Then I'll start to get pissed off again. I know I'm just supposed to be unhappy as a sports fan, and it feels like an Eagles championship here to me. You think they win handily? Yeah, I think they win by nearly, I think, nine points wow. margin of victory. I think, I think they're better in every way except a quarterback. See, I think the Chiefs' offense is too good for that. It's very good. As long as they have the ball last, they can go get more points and tighten it a little bit. I think it'll be a close game, but that would be disappointing if they win by a lot, and I have to sit there and just watch the, the culmination. Just a coronation. The entire game long of this season is, is a party. All day long, that would be really, really difficult. All right, it's time for our double play. What's going on in our lives? Nothing to do with sports. Neighbor buddy of mine, uh, former active duty military, is still in the Army Reserve Jeep. So a couple, you know, weekend or two a month, he's got to go um, on site and run a bunch of stuff. And he's a real grown up and just a badass type dude. See, right? one of the guys that drives like the uh, the big, uh, you know. Camouflage trucks around the Beltway every now and then. I think so. Okay, like, stick aside. I'm. Not, he's one of those dudes. He's so nice and like doesn't brag about it. Like where I'm like fascinated. I go, what do you do? Like what happens? It's just like ah, you know. No, I literally don't. That's why I'm asking. You know, like it's it's. He thinks it's boring, and I'm like, dude, you were a real man. I am not. I'm so tired. Everything's sore. So he finally, after me prodding and like bothering him, he shared with me what he has to do next month. You've got to do this fitness test. Right. And they tier it based on, you know, age. Like if you're 60 and still, you know, in the Army Reserves, you get a little bit more grace. Or, But if you're like in your 20s or whatever. So he showed me what we would have to do in our age group. I can't do any of it. I don't know how anybody could do any of it. I don't really have a point other than that. It was like the numbers that are like, this is passing. This is what's considered good. You got a total 360 points across these six events. Like 60 is a passing grade. Maybe if you if you blow it out on one of those things, you might get a 60. But the rest of the time, you got no shot. You're doing these these sprints, these like certain these varied push-ups. You got to throw a 10-pound medicine ball like 50 yards. How does anyone do anything? I was blown away by it. Again, not a great double play, not a great story. I just saw this and I can't stop thinking about it. Where I'm like, I walked for two and a half miles today. I'm trying to get my steps in. Or like, I did some push-ups and I work out with Ryan on Fridays. Real, real in-shape people. Like real adults who are like awesome are doing this kind of stuff. Thank goodness it's them and not my pudgy behind. That's what I have for you. I just got two new videos. I've been watching all of the angles and all of the videos I can find from this weekend of the shooting down of the uh, Chinese balloon. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's a spy balloon or it's not a spy balloon. Everyone seems to know what exactly it was. I don't know how everyone has all this information where they've got it all figured out. But I know that there was a balloon floating around uh, across the country. And when it got eight days, basically, as soon as it got to water and was able to no longer come down and hurt anyone potentially, they shot this thing down off the coast of Myrtle Beach where your boy used to go vacation all the time. And there's videos of people just sitting in the beach. I'm assuming Myrtle Beach. I don't think it's the beach where Tom Brady retired. Just looking up and there's like a there's a jet just hauling ass like a like a scene from Top Gun. Darius, do you have uh, the song from Top Gun? Give me, me Highway to the Danger Zone, please. No, 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 not that one. Give no, the, what? I, I want the Top Gun score. Give me a, an original Top the Gun Top score. The Top Gun anthem? Uh, Anthem will, will work, uh, like the venue over uh, at the wharf, sure. So you're looking for the... Everyone knows what I'm talking about, exactly. That it's one, yeah. A score, it's Top Gun, it's that one. So this plane is just 
kicking it across the sky. This jet, and they're all watching it. And there's big dumb balloons up there. So high up, by the way. Come on. This is great. This is this thing's so perfect. But this balloon is so high up. It's just miles and miles and miles up above where planes fly, right? And you can barely see it. So how big is this damn balloon, by the way? I mean, this balloon has to be the size of just, uh, you know, probably like 15 houses, I'll say. Uh, I, I was obsessed with the story all week, and I, I was watching nonstop coverage of it. They're saying that the size of that thing was worth two buses up there in the sky. Two bigger, it's bigger buses. than that. That's what two they're saying. Buses? I don't know if it's like the width of two buses or like if it's the, okay. That the I can get behind. It. If you're saying like two buses, the width possibly, I could get behind yes. that. Like because I'll, this thing is miles up, and it's not like a little speck. It's not an airplane, right? It, it looks like a balloon, but it's the size of like a balloon in your kitchen. That's what it looks like in the sky, right? It looked like a hot air balloon. This plane comes, peels off, but there's a little like white. What appears to be a missile. A little tail a little, little, on the uh, missile. A little yeah. white smoke, pop smoke, right? And it just keeps going toward the balloon. Bam! Gone. Looks like a, looks like it was full of like a water balloon that was being tossed to Terry McLaurin on Thursday night at the Pro Bowl. Just all of a sudden, it's just loose bed sheet falling toward <laughs> the ground. I just couldn't stop watching it. It was crazy. And again, everyone everyone's got an opinion of what they do and how they do it and what's in there. The thing I was thinking about, though, is how many people's dads were the one that, you know, in 10 years will be the one that shot down the balloon. I know, right? Because that was the thing when I was a kid at school was, like, everyone's dad did whatever the cool thing was. I lived near a naval base. It's like, my dad did this. Someone's dad actually, or someone, someone, maybe their mom, I don't know. Shot that thing yeah, down. Yeah, there's an actual fighter pilot there, that got scrambled. There's one person who landed, came yep. back, and high-fived someone like he's Miles Teller because he just shot down the damn balloon everyone's been talking about. But there's going to be a 1,000 people that were at that uh-huh. no-hitter eventually, you know? Have you guys ever seen the music video for this anthem, by the way? Because yeah. it's it's literally just a guy in, like, a, I guess, a fighter pilot garage I'm, or, or what's it called, a hangar? An airplane on, hangar. An, yeah, an airplane hangar on a piano and then another guy next to him on a guitar. And that's all this video is. It's this so incredible. 80s and so epic. It's so 80s. I want yeah. this thing to just play all day long every day. Everywhere I go, I want this playing. It's a great feeling. You, what you both sleep on, because you're both too young, is the 1980-something Nintendo game, Top Gun, which is only four levels. The fourth level is the hardest thing that's ever been conceived. You actually had to fight uh, a, a, like an alien in space and then land on the aircraft carrier. You, if you let it play, it played this anthem in 8-bit, and it kicked all kinds of ass. It was awesome. We got a page. I, I did. I, I just got a patriotic reaction of the video. Like this one guy going, all right, that'll be it for me. As he shoots the missile, balloon pops smoke, and then it falls safely into the water. Grant and Danny on the fan. Jay Gruden on the show at five. We're giving away tickets to Fallout Boy coming up at the top of the hour. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.